All right, welcome to the Red Triangle Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Kozlowski. Joining me tonight, as usual, Shane Stein. Good to be here, Matt. And Kyle Stramer. Hey, happy to be talking baseball. Definitely. Um, it's been a little while since we got together. Happy uh, for this opportunity tonight to talk baseball. Um, let's get right into trivia tonight. Um, we got a full middle of the show. Going to be talking about 22 um, players here. So, um, actually, I think it's only like 20 players, but um, got some fun trivia for you guys. I feel like I made it really hard last week, so I think I might have given you guys a layup here at the batter trivia. So, let's get right into it. Um, obviously, a big production in fantasy baseball is your total combination of steals plus home runs. Right now, there's three players in baseball with 10 or more steals plus homers. Who are they? Well, do you want to go in order here, Kyle? Do you want to go back and forth? I know one of them. Um, I'll say Bryce Harper, the best player in the world. Yes, Bryce Harper, nine home runs and four stolen bases. That's a total of 13. I'm going to say that the leader in the clubhouse is Jose Altuve. Yes, six homers and nine stolen bases. You got two out of three. One more to go. I'm going to have to say Neil Walker. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's him, but now I'm going to check because he's not the guy I'd written well, down. I know he has nine homers, so if that guy swiped a bag... <laughs> It may be four. Hold on. Give me a second here. He didn't? No, I'm feeling confident he did. Oh. Neil Walker. Can I get a drum roll? <laughs> Can I get this guy's stats? He does not have a stolen base this season. <laughs> so you guys are dumb. Um, who you got, Kyle? Um, well, I know owning Arenado that he has not stolen a base despite his nine homers. Um, this guy has three home runs and seven stolen bases. Five, four. Three, two, one. Shane, it's your boy, Starling Marte. Oh, wow. Wow. So, um, those three guys off to great starts. Um, definitely having nice seasons. Marte, you know, you, you talked about him last podcast as being the best player in the NL Central, in your opinion. So, um, he's definitely, definitely proven that he belongs up there with Rizzo and McCutcheon. All right, and then the pitcher trivia... Um, this one's just a little weird, I think. I went through the pitchers who have given up the most hits so far in baseball. Obviously, long list of starting pitchers, led by Zach Greinke at 39. There's one pitcher, though. He's allowed 34 hits, which is tied for the fourth most in the league. Um, he's thrown 37 and a third innings in his five starts. So he's given up a ton of hits. He's only walked five batters, so he has a nice slow whip, just over one. This guy's seventh overall in the player rater, though. Um, so he's one of the top starting pitchers for the season right now. Um, any guesses? 
I might get made fun of for this, but I'm thinking Clayton Kershaw. Uh, not Clayton Kershaw, no. Where do you say he's at on the player radar? Seventh overall. That's between hitters and pitchers. Um, this is Rivet. Like I'll try one. Uh, Noah Syndergaard. No, it's not Noah Syndergaard. Um, it's Johnny Cueto. 11 game, 11 strikeout, uh, complete game shutout the other night. Uh, giving up a bunch of hits, but he's been good. He's been very good so far. Um, I think he has three three or four wins, and I think that's definitely what's elevating his player rate of ranking, but the 104 whip's good for him. So all of those people that were concerned about Cueto's elbow coming into the season... I think so far he's proven him wrong. Yeah, he's certainly off to a nice start out there in, in San Francisco and maybe the the new environment um, playing in the big field out there in San Francisco is is, is helping him out. And I, I think Cueto's going to be going to be just fine this year. I'm not too worried about him. Yeah, I should have known you were going to bring up something with Cueto. Um, you know, obviously we've talked. I traded you Cueto in the offseason. I was one of the guys that was worried about his elbow and um, it's looking like you have the healthy pitcher and my Tyson Ross is on the DL, so kudos to you. I think I actually have now won a trade against you, so that's a feather in my cap there, finally. Alright, um, the guts of this podcast, we're going to be talking um, one guy whose production is rising and one who's falling for each position. Uh, I want to get some comments on each player from you guys, and I want to know how legit are the rises and how worrisome are the falls? So we'll start at the catcher position. Um, Jared Saltalamacchia is the guy who's moving up right now. Uh, he's got a nice start to the season. Six homers for the Tigers catcher. And then Russell Martin's production moving down. Um, so I want to know how concerned you guys are with Russell Martin. Um, let's talk catchers. <sighs> this one's tough for me. I'm not really buying into the Saltalmachia power surge. Um, he's still hitting 229, so he, he, he's cooled off here in the last few days. Uh, obviously, the six home runs this early is a nice boost for this guy. Um, he did have 25 back in uh, 2012, so there is some capability of power there. But other than that, he's never hit more than 16. So I'm not fully sold that, that the power is going to stay with this guy. But who's saying he can't have a 15 to 20 home run season? He, he seems to be a low double-digit guy every year. Maybe he gets a little boost. But um, for me, I, I think you just ride the hot streak, and, and once he cools off, he's a guy that you can cut loose. Uh, Russell Martin, on the other hand, maybe a little concerning. He's hitting 143, fighting, a, fighting some injury concerns, it looks like. Um, guy's getting up there a little bit. Maybe he's slowing down a little bit. I, I think he comes back back to the, a little bit of the normal Russell Martin we're used to seeing, but maybe this guy's starting to slow down a little bit. I'm, I'm a little worried on Martin. Yeah, I think the interesting with Salty is I didn't, I didn't realize he's only 30 years old. Uh, for some reason, I just pegged him as older. Um, so, you know, it's, it's not super rare for a guy to figure it out at that age. And, um, 
you know, you, we talked about the 25 homer season. So the power, you know, could be there. Is it going to stay at this rate? I definitely don't think so. I don't think any of us do think so. But um, you know, it could be a guy that's serviceable in a, a deeper league. Uh, definitely worth taking a look at, especially if you are the guy that owns Russell Martin, because he's a guy that I'm definitely worried about. Um, you know, he's only batting you know 150 or lower right now. Martin is, and you know that's just, that's concerning. He's striking out a good bit with. Uh, you know, I think he has close to 30 Ks. So he's just not seeing the ball well. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Salty's gonna stick. Um, he did hit pretty well last year with the Diamondbacks, but I'm wondering when um, James McCann comes back, if they'll go with McCann. McCann's 25 years old. I think he's still um, the catcher of the future for Detroit for the time being. So I think McCann will definitely eat into those at bats, and we'll see Salty's production go down. The other thing with Salty, he's only hitting 220. Um, 229 so it, it really is entirely power driven the 21 strikeouts can't get really excited about that in 48 at bats so everything kind of tells me that Salty's going to cool off here Martin if I was unhappy with my catcher situation and someone dropped Russell Martin in my league I would give him a shot yet it's still early in the season he's hitting the buck 43 as Kyle said um the Blue Jays' offense in general has kind of been slow starting so far this year, and I think once they all get it together, I think we'll see Martin's numbers pick up. Um, only three runs scored, only one extra base hit, four RBIs. Um, you know, can only really go up from here for that for him. So he's a guy I would take a chance on, but there's also a concern that, like Jan Gomes last year, we all just kind of waited for him to start being the catcher that we all thought he was in the preseason and it never really happened. So at this position, you know, with all the beating you take defensively, you definitely have to be concerned about offensive production from some of these guys, especially as they get older in age. Uh, here, here's something quick, just one word, and maybe we'll do this for every guy. I don't know if you were planning on it or not. Uh, Salty or Martin, rest of the way? Martin. Martin. I'll take Martin as well. All right, for, what'd you say? I would say it's not by as much as people would think. Yeah, I think just just based on playing time, though. You know, as a catcher, you want someone that's going to be in there every day or close to every day, and I think that's going to end up hurting Salty in the long run. All right, first base, Mark Trumbo moving up. Freddie Freeman moving down. Um, Trumbo has looked legit so far, and it's not just been power he's actually hitting the ball really well he's the top first baseman on the player raider um what do you guys think about trumbo it's hard for me to buy into trumbo um he's hitting 360 uh six bombs and 18 rbis obviously there's power there um we know we know that the power capabilities are always there with a guy like mark trumbo um he's never hit higher than 268 though in his career so i i don't know that the, the batting average Obviously, it's not going to stick this high, but I, he's this guy's going to come back down to earth at some point. He he strikes out a ton, and at some point he's gonna he's just going to level out a little bit. But certainly off to a nice start, and maybe the new surroundings are something that he needed. Um, I, I think it could be 
the start of a, of a nice season for Trumbo. We've seen him put up some decent years, but obviously he's going to cool off a little bit. I'm not fully sold. Um, for Freeman, definitely concerning. Um, and it's not so much for Freddie Freeman, I think. I think he's going to pick it up and play well. It's just there's no one around him. That team, that team in Atlanta is, is dismal to say the least. And I think that might be – it's just dragging him down with it. Um, there's just no pieces around him. And it's got to be frustrating because the guy has been a very consistent player in the league for a, a while now. And just to see him pretty much in his prime, um, come maybe only has a couple of years left in his prime, and just to not have, any, have anything around him, it's got to be frustrating for a guy. Um, only hitting 219, two home runs on the year so far. It's just got to be frustrating for Freddie Freeman. I obviously think he's going to pick it up. Um, I think he's more like a 275 hitter. Obviously, he's not going to hit this bat all year, but, man, just just tough times down there in Atlanta. Yeah, I want to start with Freddie Freeman. I think, uh, Shan, I think you hit it on the head when you mentioned his lineup really hurting him. Um, you know, taking a look at the fact that he has 11 walks already, you know, I don't imagine he's seen a lot of good pitches. And it may just be him pressing, taking some swings at pitches that aren't in the zone, trying to get going, and that leading to a low average. Um, you know, I'm just speculating, but he's definitely not a 220 hitter. Um, we've seen him consistently, you know, live around 275 and a little higher even. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think he comes around for sure. Trumbo, again... You know, talking about the average, the fact that he's hitting 360 is super unrealistic and ridiculous. Um, he's a guy that I think is a good sell-high candidate because I'm not sold on him. Um, I was high on Trumbo coming into the season. I definitely didn't expect him hitting 360, um, you know, on April 28th. But I thought he had 30 homer potential. Um, going to Baltimore, hitting in that lineup, and you know I may I may be right about that. So I do expect the average to come down, but I think the power is legit. Um, you know, he hasn't really changed as a player. He's dealt with some injury concerns, but three years ago he was a guy we were all really excited about, and I don't think any of his peripheral numbers have really changed as far as. You know, hard contact or fly ball rate, homer to fly ball rate, all that stuff. So, uh, I just think getting in a better lineup and a better situation and a better ballpark, uh, I think Trumbo's going to have a nice season, and I would take him over Freeman for the rest of the way. Um, Freeman, not much more to say. You guys kind of touched on it. You know, he's just not going to see any pitches to hit. His counting numbers as far as runs and RBIs are just going to be way down because of the guys around him. And, you know, with everybody else at first base, um, being in better situations as far as getting getting their counting numbers and even power because the one thing about Freeman, he's kind of behind the eight ball at first base when it comes to power, even on a good team. Um, he really needs those runs and RBIs to an average and OBP to elevate his, his uh, player ranking status. So without that stuff, he is a major faller, I think, uh, rest of the way. Yeah. Just uh, so we... Just going off what we did for catchers, one word. You just said you'll, you'll take Trumbo. Yep. Who you got, Kyle? 
think he takes Freeman. I think he's gonna come around. Um, I, th- I think he'll start being a little more patient, and um, you know maybe those counting numbers aren't gonna be great, but uh, I just I see Trumbo not being able to sustain what he's doing. I just have a little more belief in Freeman. I think this one might be the closest one we have out tonight, and I'm gonna take Trumbo. Um, Atlanta just concerns me, and I'll take Trumbo. All right, second base, um, Neil Walker moving up, and Anthony Rendon moving down. Um, you know, Walker's had a crazy start to the season, so this is another interesting one, I think. Wow, Neil Walker is on fire. Um, nine home runs already, 16 ribbies, uh, hitting 300. Um, I feel I feel bad. I was the huge Walker owner in our league for a while. Had him on my team for like three or four years. Um and now I don't have him anymore, and he's doing this. Never would have saw this coming. Um, we talked briefly about Walker before the season started. I don't. I think we were. I would say not very high on the guy. I mean, I don't. We just were kind of blah about him. We were blah on the Mets in general. I yeah. think. But I mean, he's always been a nice player. He's always been a pretty productive player, and if he gets put in the right situation. Um, he figured he could do some nice things, but this nice is just ridiculous. Um, he's never had more than 23 homers. He's, he's always been more of a high-teens guy, and he, he's certainly not a 300 hitter, I don't think. Um, I think he's just been a, been a hot start, and he'll cool off a little bit, but things are obviously working out for him so far. Uh, I think it's going to be gonna be one of his better seasons that he has. Um, a guy like Anthony Rendon, wow. How disappointing has this guy been? Uh, hasn't homered yet. Has one RBI. Um, it just led me to believe. I just don't know if we've seen enough from this guy. Um, we saw him have one nice year two years ago. But have we seen uh, enough to, to really know that this guy's a great player? Uh, I think we all jumped to conclusion that he is. But I don't know. It, it's, it's concerning. He's hitting 230. And I, I just think maybe we, we jumped the gun a little bit and... We gave Rendon a little more credit than he deserves. Yeah, so back to Walker. Um, you know, I, I, he's a guy I've always liked. Um, never a guy I'd say I love, but uh, the nine homers, that's surprising that it happens so quick right now. He's clearly seen the ball well, and he's crushing it. Um, <clears> and <throat> I see that number slowing down. And, you know, I, I predict we see a similar season to 2014 where, you know, he hit 23 bombs and – that at 270 with you know 75 runs and 75 RBIs, um, you know, and that that's a very serviceable second baseman. Uh, he's a guy that I'd definitely be excited about having on my roster right now. Uh, as far as Rendon goes, uh, Shane, I think you're right. Maybe maybe he's just a you know flash in the pan kind of guy. Maybe it was one season and that was it. Um, you know, he's had some injury concerns and. You know, maybe he's just not right. Um, you hope that that's not the case for a kid that's, you know, only 25 years old. And, um, you know, I, I'm definitely concerned about him. Um, Neil Walker, righties are going to get destroyed by the Mets all season between Walker, Conforto, and uh, Granderson. Those are three. And Duda. Those are four guys that just destroy right-handed pitching. Um 
So I think he fits in pretty well with the Mets offense. The homers probably don't stick. Um, but does he have a shot now at hitting 25 this season? Definitely. Average will probably come down from 300. Um, but I think he's kind of producing like they had always hoped Daniel Murphy would. Um, so I think it's been a good a good fit so far for the Mets. They have to be happy um, with what they've gotten out of Walker. He's a guy that I would consider making an offer for right now just because if you can get 15 more uh, home runs rest of the way from a second baseman, uh, that's definitely valuable. So I like what Walker's been doing. I buy it in. I buy into it as semi-legit. Rendon, the one thing that made him super valuable two years ago was the stolen bases. He had a leg injury last year. He's kind of always been a guy that had injury concerns. Um, the other thing that's gone up against him as far as stealing bags, at least, is he's hitting in front of Bryce Harper. So he's not going to get opportunities to run because they're not going to take the bat out of Harper's hands. Um, and, you know, even with Rendon's 289 on base percentage, he scored 13 runs because he is hitting in front of Harper. So if I did a little digger, a little bigger of a dive into his um, his BABIP and his hard hit rate and everything, maybe I would be interested in Rendon as a buy low just to see if he's maybe falling on some bad luck right now. But if you're counting on him to be, you know, a 15-15 guy like he was, even a 20-20 guy, I think that season, that's not going to happen, I think. Yeah, I think the expectations were just a little too high for all of us for this guy. And I'm wondering if this keeps up, how long they stick with Rendon, and maybe does this fast-track a guy like Trey Turner, um, and he gets up sooner than we thought. Yeah, good point. Um They'd have to move Murphy over to third because I don't think Turner can play third. Um, but the other thing is, how long are they going to stick with Espinoza at short? So as good as I think the Nationals are, there are some holes on this ball club. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think I know where we're, where we're all going to go, but rest of the way, who you got? Um, this one's closer to, for me than Trumbo to Freeman, but I'd go Walker right now until I see a little bit of a change in Rendon. Yeah, I think it's got to be Walker. Just uh, seems like a really good fit so far. All right, third base. Mike Moustakis moving on up. Seven home runs on the year so far for the Royal third baseman. A guy that we've waited on forever to kind of break out. He had a nice season last year, but this could be a true breakout here for Moustakis as the hitter that we had all hoped he was um, coming out of the minor league. And then Kyle Seeger moving down. Um, he's just been really struggling and I think a lot of it's bad luck I would be willing to buy low on Seager but interested to hear your guys' thoughts man I think Moustakas is the real deal um, just we've been waiting so long for this guy uh, just hearing about his name for so long when's he going to break out and I, I think it's here it just seems like a guy that's figured it out to me um, couldn't be a better situation in, in a lineup that just has a bunch of good good offensive players that, that seem to know their role and just just a really good situation in Kansas City. And it's just all coming together for the guy. Um, I'm not sure how real the power is, but it's certainly a boost from what we were seeing from him. And, I mean, he's hitting 275 with seven bombs. 
hit 284 last year with 22 bombs. Um, I think it's going to be similar. I think it's going to be a similar year, maybe even better for Mustakis. Thinking right around 280, maybe 25. So I'm 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 in on Mustakis. Um, Kyle Seeger. I'm not really sure what's going on here. Um, I'm not worried about it though. He's only hitting 143 on the season. Uh, he's got four home runs. Not bad. Not off to a bad start with the power department. Obviously, the average is the concern. But he's a guy that's never never hit lower than 259 in a full season. So he's always been more of a 260s, high 260s hitter. Um, I'm not too concerned. Small sample size so far. Um, so obviously, we're still in the first month. He's, we, we talked about it before the year, how he, he's just that consistent guy. Probably the most consistent at the, the third base position we talked about. And I'm not, I'm not too worried about it. I think he figures it out. I hate to keep bringing up, you know, this point when I'm talking about guys, but it's something I look for when I'm looking to see if somebody's legit or not. And, um, you know, he's he's patient at the plate right now. He's got eight strikeouts to eight walks. Um, and that's obviously a great ratio to have. Um, so if the truth of it is, is he, he's being patient at the plate. He's seeing pitches that he likes and he's hitting them. So, um you know, if that patience can continue, I see him really to break out this year. Uh, you know, if, if you are seeing pitches you want to see, you're going to hit them hard. And, um, you know, I think I agree with Shane in that he's, he's the real deal. Seager, um, man, I don't know what to think about him. Uh, he's a guy that I've always liked. He's a guy that I think has a ton of talent, obviously, and it's just baffling to see him struggling this much this early. Um, you know, especially with how it's usually the pitchers that take longer to come around. Uh, you know, it's, it's usually a time early in the season for hitters to, to rake a little bit when pitchers are still figuring things out. And um, I'm concerned. I'm concerned with his stats right now. Moose is a guy you got to be excited about. Kyle, like you said, the eight strikeouts, the eight walks, that's awesome. Um, definitely a lot to be excited about with that. If the power sticks, um, we're talking about a guy that could get up into that that Matt Carpenter, Michael Franco, you know, second tier, third baseman range. Um, even with Todd Frazier, you know, guys like that. Um, you know, you just got to love what the Royals are doing, like, like Shane always talks about with them. It's just contagious, it seems, on that team. But having him hit for power in that lineup is something that they've desperately needed. Um, and I think that, you know, maybe he's on his way to a true breakout. As far as Seager, I'm not concerned either. Like you said, Shane, he's one of the more consistent players um, in baseball the last couple of years. Never been a huge batting average guy um, to begin with, so... You know, maybe he hits 230 this year just because of the bad start instead of 250, but you can expect 25 homers, and there's a lot of value in that still. So, Yeah, I just want to ask you guys a question before we get to the picking for the rest of the year. Um, how much of this Moustakis is being in the right situation right now? Um, if you throw him on a team, we talked about with Freddie Freeman being in a bad situation. How much of Moustakis' value is that he's obviously in a great situation in Kansas City, um, you move him to a team that doesn't have as great surroundings. Is, is it does his value come down? Is it is it the player or is it more the situation here? 
Um, I'm going to lean that he's a good player, but the situation certainly helps him. Yeah, I'd have to agree with Kaz there. I think, uh, you know, you put him in, you know, basically, let's say we flip-flop him with Freeman. You know, I think he struggles in this situation uh, playing for the Braves just because, you know, he, he won't have that luxury to be as patient at the plate that he gets to be right now and see the pitches that he wants to see. So, uh, situation definitely helps. I, I think that's actually a great, great comparison. I mean, if you move Freeman on the Royals, I feel like we could be talking the exact opposite of what we did tonight. I mean, we could be talking about a guy like Moustakas who's struggling in the middle of a Braves order and a guy like Freeman who's thriving in a, in a situation where he's on a good team. Um, so I, I think it's something we don't talk about enough is just where you're at. I mean, what, what kind of team you're on and how it can benefit players. Definitely. So, yeah, who you got rest of the way? Moose or Seager? I hate to say it, but I'll take Moose slightly. Um, I think Moose will end up higher on the player rater, but from April 28th on, um, if we're forgetting about the first month of the season, I'll take Seager. Yeah, I think I think it's really close, and I'll I'll take Seager. Just I'm still holding off hope that he's going to figure it out. All right, shortstop position. Uh, this one was tough because I think a lot of the guys um, at the shortstop position kind of to steal the words from Danny Green. They are what we thought they are. Um, no one's really, you know, we've talked enough about Gene Segura. I think. Um, you know, Xander Bogart's having the typical pretty high batting average, not a lot of power. Correa's struggling, but I'm not worried about him yet. So, um, Aledmus Diaz moving on up, and Troy Tulowitzki moving on down. Well, I texted you this morning, and I said, is Diaz for real? And you said you think he is. So, I mean, I just don't know. I wrote down here, I need more data. Um Obviously, the guy's off to a torrid start. Uh, four home runs already, hitting 468. I mean, just ridiculous. Uh, 13 ribbies already. I mean, I never like to put too much stock in seeing what, I guess he has like 60 at-bats so far. Um, you, you like to see a guy play out a season, maybe even more, to see what you have. But, I mean, from what I've seen so far, I mean, you, you got to buy in a little bit. Obviously, the guy can play a little bit. Uh, I just need to wait a little bit more. We need to see more from this guy before before we jump to anything. Um, too low. I'm concerned, man. I'm concerned. Uh, just I feel like the injuries and everything throughout his career is maybe taking a toll. And I mean, I know the whole Toronto offense is kind of off to a slower start than than everyone expected. But and obviously Tulowitzki plays a part in that. But he's he's hitting 184. He has the four homers with. And, and 10 ribbies, so the power's, power's still okay. But, man, something just seems off. I, I just think he, this guy being banged up throughout his career is, is finally taking a toll. I'm down on Tulo. Yeah, I think the thing with Diaz is, you know, what Shane said, there's just not a lot of uh, sample size. And I think just with that, you know, Major League Pitching is going to – get the scattering report on him, figure him out a little bit, and, and clearly he's not going to bat 468. But um, the fact that he is hitting major league pitching this well this soon, 
uh, you know, shows that he, he has some legit uh, upside. So, uh, biggest concern is going to be playing time moving forward. Um, you know, I, I just, I'm concerned with that uh, as Peralta gets healthy. So, um, yeah, not much else to add there on Diaz. Tulo, uh, I guess I'm not as concerned. Uh, you know, the power's there. I'm not expecting him to be that super, super high average guy. Um, you know, if he can get back up to 275, which I think is reasonable, um, you know, he'll be fine. <clears throat> and you got to like him hitting in that line. Um, Diaz, I do, I do think he, he's for real. He's not as good as he's been, obviously, so far. Um, I think that there may be some playing time opening up because Colton Wong has been terrible. And I don't think Jed Jerko is a long-term fix. So I think Diaz gets some time at second base even when Peralta comes back. And Peralta's an older player. You know, coming off this injury, you know, maybe he struggles to come back. So Diaz should get some playing time. Um, I think there's 15 home run possibility there. And I think there's value in that in the middle infield. Um, Tulowitzki... I don't, I don't know where I stand. I'd still gamble on him. Um, I think that's just part of Toronto just struggling a little bit out of the gate. And I think he's going to be fine. Still maybe adjusting to um, American League pitching. You know, he only had half a season last year and only a month now. So I think we could see a nice second half for Tulo if he's able to stay healthy. The other thing I want to mention is there is a fourth player with 10 homers and stolen bases combined. Trevor Story, nine homers, one stolen base. So I missed him. So there were four players. But you guys didn't guess him anyway, so <laughs> it's not a big deal. All right. Uh, I think it's pretty clear, I think, which way we're going to go. Diaz, Tulo, the rest of the way. I think we have to go Tulo here. Yep. All right, outfield. Um, Gregory Polanco moving on up. And Justin Upton falling down. Your thoughts? <sighs> I've always been a Polanco fan. Um, I know I was in the room the night that you, in our one league you made the Polanco for bets deal. Obviously, I, you, you won that deal, I feel like. Um, but I, I was a guy that was high on Polanco at the time, and I still am. Um, he's hitting 330, a couple bombs, 14 ribbies. Uh, playing in what's a pretty good Pittsburgh lineup. Um, I, I think there's a lot of potential here for this kid. Um, obviously, the average is a little higher than what I think it's going to be. Um, by no means do I think he's going to be a 330 hitter. Um, but I, I like what I see. Um, obviously, the stolen bases are an exciting part of his game. And if you can get a guy that's, that's going to hit somewhere close to 300 and, and steal that amount of bags, I mean, you, you, have, something, you have a prize there. And I, I think I'm the highest on Polanco out of the group here. I'm higher than, than you guys on him. So uh, I like what I see out of the guy. Uh, I, I think it's going to – I think he sticks. Uh, obviously not 330, but I think he sticks. Justin Upton. This is a guy that I owned in our league for a while. Um, thought that at some point in his career he was going to win an NL MVP award. Um, 
that obviously didn't happen. He's no longer. He's not going to win any MVP award. <laughs> um, hitting 195, only has one homer. Uh, I think the guy's on the decline. Um, just not the the huge threat that he used to be. We thought that maybe moving to this Tigers lineup was going to do something for him. It certainly has not so far. Um, I'm worried. I'm worried about Upton. Uh, just seems like a guy that's really in decline mode. I think I traded him one year too soon. I, I think I saw it coming, and I got rid of him. Uh, I think I did it one year too soon. But, yeah, I'm worried about Upton. Yeah, I would just say maybe not so fast, my friend, on the bets being better than Polanco at the end of the day. Because um, Polanco is showing some real promise right now. Um, you know, if he made me pick one right this second, I'm still taking bets. I don't want to get that twisted. But Blanco's shown that, you know, he could be pretty legit. Um, you know, going back to the stat I've been talking about all night, he walked 16 times so far this year and only 12 strikeouts. I mean, that's incredible. The thing you mentioned, Shane, was, you know, the stolen bases is something to be excited about. But right now, he's he's only two for five with stolen bases. And, you know, that percentage just isn't going to get it done. I assume that'll get a little bit better moving forward because in the past, he's definitely stolen at a better rate. Um, so if that can improve and he can continue to see the ball well, you know, he sticks around, in my opinion. <clears throat> Upton... It's just sad to see him fall off so hard. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know if there's much else to add to that other than that. You know, he's striking out at an incredible rate right now. And he's really pressing and, and struggling. Polanco, oh, one thing I'll say, just defending Betts over Polanco. Betts has more power, and I think he's a better stolen base threat. So I'll still take Betts. Over Polanco the rest of the way. Um, but I do like what Polanco's doing. He's getting on base at a 433 clip, just like you talked about, Kyle. Um, nine doubles. A lot to be excited about there. I don't think he's ever going to be more than, you know, a 15 homer guy. Um, but the slugging percentage could be inflated a little bit by the doubles and even maybe some triples then. Um, like to see him steal more bags, but he's in a great situation as we talked about. You know, getting these guys in good spots. And Pittsburgh is very similar to Kansas City in the fact that they just get guys that don't strike out, put the ball in play, and they all run the bases really well. So, um, great situation for Polanco to be in. Upton, uh, I have never really been a Justin Upton fan. Um, You know, he gets lumped in there, or used to at least, with five-tool players. And just always seemed like there was one or two of those tools really missing with him. And he kind of looks like uh, his brother right now. 35 strikeouts. That's unbelievable. And I didn't didn't really like the Tigers signing him. It felt like a reach. Them really trying to hang on to Miggy's prime there. And, you know, we've seen the Tigers dish out some bad contracts before. The contract of Verlander, I think, is going to end up being a bad one. The Cabrera contract is going to end up being a bad one. They gave Prince Fielder a ridiculous deal and were able to at least move him. Um, I just think that this team is desperately trying to win a title here while they have Verlander and Cabrera, and there's, you know, there's still some value there with those guys. And I think they made a mistake with this Upton deal, and I think he's going to be pretty terrible the rest of the way. 
Yeah, this one, going into the year, I think we all would have took Upton. Um, I'm not positive on that, but I, I think we all would have. Um, but who you got the rest of the way, Polanco, Upton? Polanco, and it's not close, and I would have had Upton ahead of Polanco to start the year. I echo that. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to round it out. Uh, I think I'll take Polanco, and just like you said, Kyle, sad to see Upton on the decline like this, so. All right, starting pitchers, Jose Quintana moving on up, and Max Scherzer struggling out the gate so far. Yeah, Quintana's been on fire. Um, another good start last night. Um, through five starts, he has 30 innings, 1-4-7 ERA, and a 1-1-1 whip. Um, he was a guy a lot of, I know a lot of guys in our league were targeting um, as having a breakout year, and it looks like it might be here. Um the thing that I like about Quintana, his walk rate is pretty much the same as it's been. So he's he's been consistent there. He's just he's not giving up as many hits. Um, he's always been a mid three ERA guy, so he's he's always been solid. Um, never been outstanding, but I, I think this is the year that he maybe dips under three, and uh, we see a guy that maybe finishes with a two seven two eight ERA. Um, yeah, I like I like what Quintana's doing. Scherzer, huh? Been disappointing for Scherzer owners so far. Five starts, he's thrown 31 innings, uh, 4-3-6 ERA, and a 1-3-2 whip. Um, Got to be concerned. His walk rate is almost double what it's been in the past. Um, you, you can't do that as a major league pitcher. I mean, walks are walks are going to kill you in any any form of baseball, any level, and obviously that's what's killing Scherzer so far. So he's got to figure out, get back in the strike zone, and. I, I don't think I'm overly worried about him. Um, I think he figures it out and, and gets back. I don't know that he gets back to the level that we've seen him get to, but I'm not overly worried. Yeah, I'll start with Scherzer. I'm, I'm not concerned with him. It's early. Um, you know, I, I alluded to earlier that pitchers sometimes struggle out of the gate, and I think he'll find the zone. Um and those walks will, will drop. So, not a guy I'm overly concerned about. Quintana, he looks awesome. Um, definitely someone that I wish I would have gotten in our draft. Uh, it's exciting to see him, you know, striking out more than a guy per inning. Um, and, you know, Shane talked about his walk rate. It's, it's been exactly where it has been. He's missing more bats, so... Uh, if he can continue to, to strike people out, I think, you know, if he sticks around and he continues to look good um, and improves on what has already been a pretty good young career for him. I'll start with Scherzer, too. 31 years old. Another big contract for a starting pitcher. Um, wondering if maybe he's starting to wear down a little bit. 228 pit innings pitched in 2015. 220 innings in 2014, 214 innings in 2013, and the three years before that with Detroit, he was over 187 in all three years. So a lot of innings on this arm the last couple years, and we've seen um, when you give big deals to 30-year-old starting pitchers, things can break down rather rapidly. So while I think Scherzer will still be good, um, he's definitely fallen out of that top five for me at least um not to interrupt you here kind of has a verlander feel to it doesn't yeah 
Yeah. <laughs> it, it does. Um, where I still think he'll be good, but it, it kind of has that feel where maybe they overworked him and and he's kind of trying to break, starting to break down a little bit. Yeah, King Felix, you know, guys like that, you know, guys that are still gonna be fine, but they're just not, they're not what you expect them to be, and you kind of have to be ready for it when you invest in a guy like Scherzer. He's a guy that I always forget about when I think of guys that were coming into the season as top starting pitchers. I always look at Kershaw, Price, Sale. You know, Scherzer was two or three on a lot of people's lists, and I'm just not. I was never really there with him. Um, but I think he's he'll be fine. He's just you have to temper your expectations. I think at this point we're seeing, I think a real um, statistical change in his dominance. I think the walks probably will fall. Um, but I, I do think there's a little bit to be concerned about there. Quintana, the cool thing about him, he's just like the model of consistency when it comes to starting pitchers. Um, he's not great um, by any means. But, you know, you're looking at a low three ERA, mid three at worst. Good strikeouts, takes the ball every five days. A um, lot to like about Quintana. And, you know, maybe this is a breakout season for him, but... The one thing I will say about Quintana is he's been the same pitcher the last three years. Three and a half ERA, you know, about 180 strikeouts, I believe. Um, And I don't see anything that's changed to lead me to believe that he is still that pitcher. So I'm worried about his second half, maybe even some bad starts coming eventually to get him back to what he's been the last couple years um in 2015 14 and 13 you know 200 innings pitched 177 178 164 strikeouts um i just think that you know he is more that pitcher than the guy we've seen and if that's the case there's some serious regression um in line here for quintana i guess that's gonna make this one interesting who you got the rest of the way scherzer or quintana Scherzer. Kyle? Oh, man. I think this one's really close. Um, But I'm going Scherzer. I think he figures it out. I I still believe in Scherzer. I'm going to go Scherzer just because he's on a better team. Um, I'm going to give the nod to the better team here. I think it's really close, though. Um, Just think he plays on a better team, so I'll give him the nod. White Sox have been great, though, so far. They have, but I just don't see that sticking. Yeah. So. All right, finally, relief pitchers. Um, there's a couple guys we could have said moving on up. You know, Gene Mar Gomez has been great for Philly. Um, I went with Alex Colomay, and the reason I went with Colomay is our moving on up guys because I think at this point he now has made the Rays maybe consider keeping him as the closer even when Boxberger comes back. And then the guy moving down for me, Jake McGee, he was a guy I liked a lot coming into the season. I thought that, although I didn't like the trade that the Rockies made in giving up Dickerson to get him, the one thing I liked about McGee is that you know, his fastball was a plus fastball, and I think that that pitch in particular played better in Colorado than a guy that had maybe like a wipeout slider or a good curveball. So um, looking like I was wrong there, but it's early yet. What do you guys think about these two arms? Hard not to like what Colomay's doing down there. Uh, five saves already, a 108 ERA, and a .84 whip. Um, doesn't get much better than that. Um, 
eight and a third innings and nine Ks. So he's striking out over a batter an inning. Um, you made a really interesting point. I actually wanted to get your guys' take on that when we're, when we're done here. When Boxberger does come back, um, he's a guy that Boxberger that might be available in some leagues to pick up. Um, stash on the DL right now. Who gets that job? Because Colomay's been outstanding. And the Rays are known for kind of a different way of thinking. Maybe it's not just a staple, hey, Boxberger was our guy, we're going to throw him back in. Um, it's hard to move a guy like this out of, out of that spot when he's pitching so well. Um, I, I think Colomay sticks. I, I think he does. Um, seen him throw a couple times, and he, he looks like he's the real deal. Looks like it's a, a good situation for him moving to the bullpen, and, and it's a good spot for him. Uh, Jake McGee, whew, man, eight, eight, over an ADRA, a 1-8 whip. Uh, only struck out three guys so far this year in six and two-thirds. Uh, that's concerning for a left-hander that, that can throw in the upper 90s and you've only struck out three guys. Um, that's that's not good. Um, only four saves. I mean, uh, Jake McGee's shown in the past that he can be erratic, and it's when he walks guys, and he's doing that this year, giving up a lot of free bases, and when he gives up a lot of free bases, he, he gets he gets hit around a little bit. So he's had two years where he's had an over four ERA out of the bullpen, and it looks like we're heading that way this year. Um, then he's had a couple years where he's been really good. So you kind of he's kind of the guy you just never know what you're going to get. And I think this year we're seeing the move to Colorado is we're going to get the bad Jake McGee. Um, we're not getting the good one this year. So maybe maybe next year he turns it around and he's good again. So kind of guy that you, you kind of got to flip a coin. Yeah, uh, I never like Colorado closers. Um, they seem to never really be that exciting. And McGee moving over, um, he's looking like it's not going to be good for him. You know, I think, unfortunately for Colorado, I thought you know they had a nice thing going with Miguel Castro early on this year. He was looking really good and could have been a potential got to move in there at some point if they needed him to but he's on the DL right now and you know I'd be interested to see how he comes back and maybe works his way into that position um so yeah not a lot of things to be excited about if you're a McGee owner as far as Palome goes um I mean he looks awesome he looks really really good right now um I think as far as whether or not he'll stick or not really is going to depend on if Boxberger uh, looks good when in his rehab assignment. Um, you know, I think if he does look like the Boxberger pass, that maybe he'll he'll step in and get that job. But I don't see them moving Coleman until Boxberger proves that he deserves it. I, I like Coleman. I think that he will stick as the closer even when Boxberger comes back because I think the Rays of all teams. Um, are just going to let his value get to a point where they've kind of you know, seen that other teams maybe get interested in him and they're able to move him um, for something you know more valuable because everyone's going to be in the market for bullpen arms. Uh, teams always are at the trade deadline. If they're not around, they may be able to get a nice piece back for um, a guy like Colme. McGee stinks right now. Um, not much more else to say about that. I was wrong. Um 
and I think you're right, Kyle. Colorado closers, it's just more of a more of a stay away. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention on Colin, I think two of his five saves have been one out saves. Um, so he's gotten some cheapies that have elevated his save numbers, but you know you still have to go out there and do the job, even if you're getting one out, and he's done it so far. So. Well, the thing is, the Rays have shown that they're not afraid to use a guy like Xavier Cedeno to go out and get an out in the ninth. Erasmo Ramirez, um, get too. a left, get a lefty out. Erasmo Ramirez, go get somebody out uh, before they use Calme. So that's kind of led to that. Um, but yeah, I mean, Calme has been outstanding. Hard not to like uh, what he's doing so far. Uh, so what do you guys th- you think, Calme or Boxberger, when Boxberger comes back healthy? Calme. I think if Boxberger comes back healthy and looks good, it's gonna be Boxberger. Right. This one's interesting though. McGee Calme rest of the way. Call him if he stay, if he keeps the job, obviously. Yeah, I think it's just dependent on who keeps the job. Um, but if if I can, I'm trying to stay away from Colorado closers, so I'm just going to go with Column A by default. I'll go Column A as well. And just an add-on here: When is the last time the Rockies had a good closer? Well, I'm trying to think back right now, and who who are their closers of the past that that's been successful in Colorado? Houston Street was a rocky for Houston a little Street bit, right? Houston Street was decent there. Yeah, no, I can't think of many. That's about it. I mean, it's kind of a, been a graveyard for for all pitchers in general. <laughs> Adovino looked good until he got hurt. Yes, he did last year. That That's true. Rex Brothers was okay for, yeah. for a little bit, but he didn't really lock down a job. Rex Brothers. All right, since we're talking weird names, it's time to get into our prospect comps. Um, seen a, two of these four guys that we're going to talk about tonight come up this week. Jose Barrios, it is pronounced Barrios. I found out last night instead of Barrios. I think everybody in the world has been wrong about that for at least the last year. Um, so I watched Barrios throw last night. Um, for a good portion of his start, crazy two seam run from this guy. Um, he actually couldn't really control it last night. I think, and he ran into some issues. Uh, through a ton of pitches. The Indians are doing a good job battling against him, but um, I left a little more impressed than I thought I would be from him. Um, my comp for Jose Barrios is Marcus Stroman. I like Stroman a lot as a pitcher. I like Barrios a lot as a pitcher, but just that two-seam movement um, and the fact that he is a slighter frame than most uh, most starting pitchers I think he ends up being more of just a good pitcher that gets good ground balls, good production, low low ratios, um, similar to Stroman in that sense, is more than a strikeout guy. Yeah, we, we talked a lot of Burrios earlier this year, earlier this week, uh, when we when we found out he was coming up um, about picking him up in some of the other leagues we're involved in, and you told me that Stroman was your comp. Um, I'm a little more bullish on the guy. I'm, I'm going to go Carlos Martinez. I think his stuff is. I watched some Barrios film this week. Uh, watched some highlights, and his stuff is nasty. Um, he can run the fastball up there in the, in the upper 90s if he has to, and so the off-speed stuff has has a lot of potential to be really really plus pitches. So uh, he reminds me a lot of Carlos Martinez stuff with a really good changeup and some some wipeout off-speed stuff. Yeah. Um... I'm going to have a hard time saying Barrios, so I'll stick with Barrios, which I've been saying for a while now. Um, but 
You know, I think when I look at the guy, I see his frame. Um, I don't know, my mind just jumped to Roy Oswalt. And I think, you know, he has that potential to be a guy that is going to stick around the league for a long time and have his seasons where, you know, he strikes out a good bit um, and has the potential to really be a quality pitcher in this league for the foreseeable future. Roy Oswalt, man, he had some really, really nice seasons. He's, he was a good pitcher. He's a guy that you definitely forget about. And it may be because at the end of his career, he was like the fourth best pitcher on that Phillies team. Um, but he had some monster years in Houston. Just certainly did. Uh, just look, just watching the, the film I did on Burris this week, he kind of has like a an old-time glitch in his, in his motion yes. that's kind of interesting. So, I mean, Oswald kind of had that funky delivery a little bit. So, that's an interesting comp you got there, Kyle. I mean, I don't, it's not the same same delivery that they have, but, yeah, they both had kind of a little bit of glitches in their delivery that make them a little unique. Yeah, he's got a real whip with his arm. It, mm-hmm. it's, it's funky. I, I suggest if you didn't watch him last night or you haven't watched film on him, tune into one of his starts next week um, because it, it's it's interesting to watch him throw. He's, he's got a funky delivery. The other guy that got called up um, yesterday, Michael Fulmer, top uh, pitching prospect, top prospect in the Tigers organization, um, out of Barrios, Manaya, who also got called up this week, and Blake Snell, who started on Saturday for the Rays. I think Fulmer's the clear fourth out of the four of those guys as far as um, prospect potential. And I think he even falls behind Glass now and Giolito, two guys we're expecting to see this year. Um, but I think there's a lot to like about Fulmer. My comp for him, though, is Jason Isringhausen. Um, I like Fulmer. I don't like what the Tigers do with their prospects, and I think that that played into this for me. Um, Isringhausen, if you guys will remember, was, you know, in the early 90s, mid-90s, the Mets had a couple prospects that were similar to having Harvey DeGrom Wheeler and uh, Syndergaard as they were supposed to have the next great rotation. None of the guys panned out as starting pitchers, but Isringhausen turned himself into one of the better relievers in the game um, for his era. We've seen a trend of starting pitchers who can't cut it become into dominant relievers, and I, I could see this happening, especially with the fact that for so long the Tigers have needed a shutdown closer. So I think not only... Does he have the skills? But I think there's going to be a potential opportunity for him to take advantage of in Detroit. All right, so we're talking about Fulmer before the show here, and the first comp that I that I came to mind watching this guy, watching some highlights, um, he kind of reminded me of Kurt Schilling, um, just like just the way he throws and the build is is very similar. Big guys, um, burly. Um, by no means do I think he's going to have the career that Kurt Schilling has. I, I see a lot of bullpen potential, just like you guys do. And now that I'm thinking about it, kind of reminds me of Jason Mott. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Just a big, burly guy that, that can throw some cheese up there. Um, and maybe maybe he turns into that kind of guy. But, yeah, he's certainly the big frame and the ability to, to, to that plus fastball, bring, in, bring the heat up in the upper 90s. Uh, I really like what I see out of the guy. I, I just hope that we, we get to see him shine. I'd like to see the guy stick as a starter. Um, I don't know how... How much that's going to last? I mean, obviously we've talked about that. Maybe I'm moving to a more closer role. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. 
Yeah, when we uh, decided to talk about Michael Fulmer, I threw on some YouTube videos to just take a look at him. Um, and I just I see Tanner Roark when I look at him. I see, you know, again, a similar frame, a guy that, uh, you know, has good stuff and I just think is going to bop in and out of spot starts and being in the bullpen. Um, you know, I don't necessarily see the, the closer in him that you guys might see. Um, but I just see more of a, a good long relief guy that is going to get some spot starts when needed. I feel like that's kind of a, a downgrade on, on the expectations on this guy. It's interesting to hear you when you said Roark, Kyle, who's actually turning into it. Seems like a nice pitcher so far. He's had some success the last couple times out. Um, seems like you're a little lower on Fulmer than us. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see on the guy. Obviously, there's some potential there, so we'll see. All right, next uh, prospect comp, Orlando Arcia. Um, Bre- uh, Brewers shortstop prospect. Expect to see him at some point this year. VR has been pretty decent so far for the Brewers, so I don't know how soon it'll be, but Arcia's tearing it up um, right now in the Brewers minor league system. My comp for Arcia is Edgar Renteria. Um, it's not necessarily frame because Arcia's a little slighter of frame than Renteria was. Um, it's more that I think Arcia is going to be maybe forgotten behind guys like Seeger and um, Correa, um, even Xander Bogarts at shortstop, similar to the era when Renteria played when he was behind guys like a-Rod, Nomar, um, Jeter, guys like that. I think his average is going to be pretty safe. He'll give you steady defense. He'll run a little bit, and he's going to have a little more pop than he had than he's had so far in his career as he grows into his body. So um, Edgar Renteria is one of my favorite Cardinals um, in his time. I love the way he played the game. He had himself a really nice career, and I think Garcia could be similar to that. Yeah, this guy just seems like he's going to be a nice player. Just seems like he's going to be good. Um, I don't know how great he's going to be fantasy-wise. I think it's going to be pretty good. Um, I just think he's going to be one of those guys that's a really good baseball player. And Obviously, the defensive side of him is, is really exciting. Uh, let's wait and see what we get offensively. For that reason, I'm going Francisco Lindor. He just seems really similar. Um, going to handle the bat well. I'm not sure how much power we're going to get. Um, should get some speed on the bases, um, and obviously going to be a, an A-plus defender at shortstop. Yeah, when I uh, was taking the time to figure out a comp here for him, um, I turned back the clock a little bit, and um, I'm thinking Raphael for call, uh, a guy that, you know, maxes out at, you know, 15 home runs at some point in his career, and He's going to steal a good amount of bags uh, consistently throughout his career and hit for a good average. So, um, you know, I think that would be a nice little ceiling for him. If he turns into Raphael for call, I think uh, the Brewers fans take that. I mean, Raphael for call had a, had a bunch of nice seasons. So Yeah, he was another guy in that, you know, early 2000s, late 90s era that was Another really good shortstop, but was kind of overshadowed by those those guys that were hitting for major power at the position. And finally, A.J. Reed. Um, 
Tyler White's come back down to earth this week. Um, coming off his hot start in through the first two weeks or so of the season. Um, as White struggles, I think the timeline on Reed gets closer and closer. My comp for A.J. Reed is Adrian Gonzalez, another top uh, prospect in his time. Um, left-handed power bat in the minors. The power for Agon, whether it be the fact that he's played in you know San Diego and Los Angeles for a majority of his career, maybe the power hasn't been there um, as much as we expected it. He's been a, a high 20s guy most of his career in home runs. Um you know, never really a threat to hit 35-plus home runs, especially at this stage in his career. And I think Reed's power, um, you know, hit 34 home runs last year. He's got four already to start this year in 16 games. I don't think that the power for Reed will be that high in the major leagues once he starts to see a little better pitching. Um, but he's definitely going to be um, a definite middle-of-the-order threat for Houston for a long time, I think. So I like Reed. Yeah, watch him... Watching some highlights of this guy, it was hard not to go with the comp that I went with. His swing is very similar. Uh, I went with Brian McCann. Um, just looks looks so close to him, and I think the numbers are going to be pretty similar as well. A uh, guy that's going to hit for a decent average, um, and he's going to supply about 20 home run power, I feel like. Maybe a little more. Um, yeah, I think he's just going to be a good hitter. He's going to mm -hmm. be a good hitter. Uh I don't know if it's ever going to blossom into a huge power threat, but I think that the potential is there. Um, but I, I can see 20, 20-plus 20 homers and uh, a high 200s average. I hate to uh, I hate to make the comp I'm about to make after we bashed the guy earlier in this podcast, but um, you know, I, I, I see him as a guy like Freddie Freeman when Freddie Freeman was hitting in a lineup where he had some protection. Where he had major league players in the lineup with him. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, I think a lot of what Shane had talked about points to, you know, a guy like Freddie Freeman when he was in those lineups, you know, hitting 20, 20 plus homers and, and for a good average. Um, and, and that's what I see him doing in his career. So. Yeah, I think we all, we all like Reed as a prospect, though. Um, I know I'm the white owner in one of my leagues, so I'm hoping he doesn't come up too soon. Um, but I'm definitely excited to see what he, what he's going to be as a player because I think, um, especially on that Houston team, there is some star potential there with AJ Reed. So uh, those were some fun comps, especially because you know two of the guys we're going to see. Uh, we saw Barrios last night, and we're going to be seeing uh, Fulmer here this weekend. So. Definitely excited to see his start, as well as Sean Manaya throwing tomorrow night for the A's. Um, kind of wraps up tonight's show for me, if you, unless you guys have anything else. Uh, that was a good show, I thought, Matt. That's all I got. Yeah, nothing else to add here. Kenta Maeda dealing uh, yet again for the Dodgers. Just, guy's been awesome. Just got opened up in the seventh. Oh, really? He was dealing all night through six and just got opened up. Really? I uh, gave up three in the seventh, so... Ooh. Still a nice start to this season for him. Um, make sure you find us on Twitter at Red Triangle Twenty Three. Um, find the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud. Rate, review, subscribe. Uh, do all those nice things for us. Been getting some uh, followers on SoundCloud, so definitely appreciate you guys that are listening. 
uh, we'll keep working hard through baseball season for you guys because it is a grind and you know you can't do it by yourself i don't think through the six months you guys need some some people pointing in the right direction and that's that's what we're here for so make sure you like i said find us on twitter uh we always post our podcast and we even threw in an nfl one last weekend uh talking about the off season and some of the moves that have been made and I'm sure we'll have a draft recap one after these next two days. Spent the majority of the night watching the NFL draft, so a lot to be excited about, too, as we start talking football here, getting ready for that other sport uh, that we cover. So for Shane Stein and Kyle Stramera, I'm Matt Kozlowski. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you guys soon.